0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: And a very good afternoon heading into evening from the UK where we are moving gently into the season of mists and mellow fruitfulness. There's still some warmth in the sun, the sky today has been a brilliant blue, and The remnants of apples sit outside my door, gently beginning to ferment because it is full on autumn. Or for those of you stateside, the leaves are turning beautiful colours, because fall is pretty much here. And I don't know about you, but I always think this time of year provides the best backdrop for rallying, because let's face it, it's much more fun when it gets dirty. Welcome to Spin the Rally Pod. I'm rally fan Lisa O'Sullivan, and we have got quite the team today, a specialist panel of excellence, I think uh, that is no word of a lie. Let's, let's welcome the big name first, because we have chief instructor of Dirtfish, the great Nate Tennis. Good evening, Nate.
0: <laughs> good evening, or should I say good morning on my side of the planet?
1: I hope the weather's as beautiful over there as it is here.
0: It's lovely, although I I don't think I can I can match your just beautiful descriptiveness of, of the day.
1: <laughs> I did words. I did yes. writing some words. <laughs> yeah, that was that was
0: wonderful. Uh, no, we are uh, we are dry, uh, um, unnervingly dry and smoky right now with some local forest fires. So, uh, hoping we get our, our typical northwest rain here pretty soon.
1: Uh, yeah, well, but consistent conditions maybe then out on the stages for you, at the mm-hmm. moment. So it seems we're talking about being good with words. See what I've done here, Luke. See what I've done here, Luke. We have Deputy Editor of Dirtfish.com, Mr. Luke Barry. Hello. Very good with words, man. Luke, thank you very much for breaking (laughs) up your holiday to join us.
2: Thank you, Lisa. And I'm going to second what Nate said. That intro was fantastic. Not that they're not always, but that was particularly poetic. (laughs) I felt like my mind was just painting a picture and it's nothing what it looks like from my window in the city, I'll be honest. But I'm jealous now, Lisa. I want to live where you live, if that's what it looks like from your front door. Uh,
1: do you know what it is? It's because I got all inspired going back through the archives after editing the last, I think it was the last edition, it might be been the last, but one edition of Spin the Rally Pod, where we had George Donaldson in full descriptive mode and talking about your tentacles of perception. Uh, former motorsport team boss and rally legend, Mr George Donaldson is completing our panel of excellence.
3: Good. Good evening and good morning, everyone, actually. There
1: we are. And your tentacles of perception. Yeah, Yeah. go back and listen to that, because it really was a brilliant way to describe how it feels when you are at one with your rally car. We've got a lot to get through today, and uh, we're going to get technical, which is where I sit back and listen. We're going to look back before we look forward. Rally, New Zealand, and rain, basically. They seem to have nicked our rain, Nate. I haven't (laughs) had much rain over here in the UK. And, um, yeah, a, a wet rally... A brilliant rally and a brand new world champion. George, I mean, you just loved sitting down and pulling this one apart, didn't you?
3: I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the, the, it was a wee bit difficult to watch and I'm sure other people will echo that the, for some reason the, the, a lot of the footage, uh, they, str- they struggled to get live footage out of the cars um, <coughs> and I guess it's just the weather conditions. It's quite hilly there. You probably couldn't get an aircraft up very high because of the weather, though, or the helicopters uh, doing the the relays were maybe a bit low. I'm not sure, but it, it wasn't it wasn't the best viewing experience. But the content uh, was fantastic. Um, quite a few incidents and uh, uh, um, uh, catastrophes for different drivers. I'm going to call them my usual catastrophic sort of uh, situation. At uh, least I don't think you'll disagree with me that a few of them were out there i'm
1: not and i'm actually going to let you lead us through this okay. so where would you like to start and and you and nate can go good guns on this and luke jump in you don't have any of the other than you don't have colin you don't have david talking over you we might actually hear from you guys i
3: shall try to i shall try to share the share the joy of analysis so the first one i want to let start with, I beg your pardon, we, we covered a little bit of what happened uh, last week, but the, the big one we didn't get to, in my view, was, was um, Elfin Evans, who, you know, who basically crashed out of the lead. And the point at which he crashed out of the lead, he just, he just had a spin, it just looked like a spin, but if you watch the video very quickly, he's done about the most rapid 360 degree barrel roll that I'd ever seen. It was remarkable, and the engine was still running. And he literally just engaged first gear and drove away. The engine never even stopped. It was <laughs> utterly, utterly remarkable from that point of view. From the point of view of it happening, he was absolutely on the pace of the other drivers uh, at the point at which it happened. I think maybe, maybe, maybe Callie was maybe just one or two seconds up, but the other drivers, the you know, in in the case of um, Ot-, Ot Tanak, he, he was he was right there on the same pace as 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 Elfin. It was all pretty edgy. All the drivers were having moments. And the corner on which uh, Elfin made his mistake, uh, Ott did something very similar. Now, I don't know if you watched it as well, Nate, so I'll bounce this back to you when I when I, when I I make my statement here. But uh, Elfin came down to that corner. He straightened the car up. He was really neat and clean on the approach. Uh, mm-hmm. A quick dab of the brakes, press of the accelerator to see what the traction was, another wee brake to stabilise the car, turned in and and basically slammed the power on at which point the back stepped out and he didn't have enough lock i mean that's when i say that that's not a criticism of the car the car obviously snapped out we only saw it from in car so um it looked Mm -hmm. like it went about 90 degrees to the road he kept it nailed trying to bring the front back round and it wouldn't come back um, and he, the car nosed forward so you know, was he going too fast? Well he never went off the outside of the road, he went off on the inside of the road and I always categorise that as a beginner's mistake which is grossly unfair in this situation but I always laugh at people when they tell me they've crashed a car and where did you crash? Oh went off on the inside after the <laughs> corner, well if you'd been going too fast it surely would have been on the outside at which point you've know, you ridiculed their <laughs> pub argument um, but what he did was he lost control yeah. he had plenty, he had enough traction to get the car keeping the car going round, but he couldn't straighten it up in time. There is a solution to yeah. that, which is, you know, halfway through that moment, you can absolutely bang on the brakes. If you stop the wheels turning, the car this just then becomes ballistic. It then goes in a straight line, and you've stopped that input, that, that delta input to keep the car turning. It's quite difficult to do that in that scenario, plus the fact he wouldn't even be able to see out the side window at that point, um, and he'd be busy trying to hang on to it. So no criticism at all. Of Elfin's uh, efforts to get out of that, and it's split-second stuff. I mean, it is absolutely split-second stuff. Uh, 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 Nate, did you manage to get a good look at that one?
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think we were all just as surprised as Elfin was when that happened. I mean, the, the car, as you said, snapped quickly, and yeah. he did his best to recover, but but couldn't. And and you know, arguably, too fast into a corner can also mean too much oversteer, um, yes. which that's what nosed him in. Absolutely. And, and you know how to correct out of that you' you're hundred percent uh, correct yourself yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know you never know what was coming up next yeah. at least I couldn't see what was coming up next from the onboard no. and uh, and it, to have that happen so yeah. quickly it really
3: it, it was a triple apex corner there was three apexes mm-hmm. on it so he, he, you know he, he made his mistake on the entry and his mistake was simply mm-hmm. that he was I don't know, five or six kph faster than everyone else? I don't know. I couldn't. You, yeah. you, the, the speedos aren't reacting quick enough in New Zealand, I guess. Mm. It was to do with the data feed. So we weren't getting mm. the update of that. Ott Tanak also had a massive moment on exactly the same place and emulated mm. it. Ott uh, definitely braked a little bit harder and maybe a little bit more often. Maybe had an extra press of the brakes and stabilised mm-hmm. the car a little bit more than Elfin, but he looked like he needed mm-hmm. to because he was messier into it. Elfin was really, really clean, right up to the entrance of that corner. And I, and I think he just turned in, everything looked good and it just, it just, you know, he lost traction. It was, you know, there was maybe, it was maybe wetter, muddier. He, you know- he, Yeah, he on the a outside. Bit, yeah, a tiny yeah. bit muddier line or something. But Elfin um, um, yeah. got really, really close to the edge, but obviously didn't go quite as sideways. And, and also he would have seen um um the 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 mess on the road from Elfin which would have immediately given a warning signs and he would have gone into a, a slightly more safe mode which maybe sure. maybe assisted. But there was three apexes and that probably explains why Elfin didn't just land on the brakes because you know he was he was still he was he was still uh, controlling the car and as soon as you press the brakes yeah. you've you've given away all the control and you are just sliding down the road and if you're very lucky you'll stay on the road. I have I have managed to do that on occasion, just hung on a corner, spun down the road at a ridiculous speed and completely got away with it. By the same token, I have also barrel rolled down the road doing exactly that. So Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. And, and that's the other That's the other fear is, you know, it, it could have hooked up and shot even more aggressively oh, into the inside there. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: But yeah, so, yeah. so unlucky. He was clearly very committed. He was clearly completely in control on the entry to that corner. You know, and I think... It, quite clearly, I mean all the cars have been very sideways and, and slipping out in that corner. And you can look at all the other top drivers, they all they all carry a little bit more caution than Elfin did into that. So maybe it was a mm-hmm. it was a it was a tricky corner, three apexes with little straights in between to be taken as one corner, but there'd be extra little bites and presses of the brakes. And he just beg your pardon, he just fell a little bit foul of a tiny little bit of boldness, but it wasn't really boldness, boldness because in those margins, yeah. 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 But ultimately he did, he did make a mistake. So then you have to say to yourself, why did that happen? Why was he pushing like that? Well, it's an easy one, but I'll let you answer it.
0: Uh, Do you know what tire compounds he was running? Was he running equal all the way around?
3: I genuinely don't know, but that's a great question. And I didn't check that out. I did not check that out. Um, yeah, I think they print that top. Actually, I could check that as we speak. <laughs> Continue with your answer, was
0: because I, I, I mean that could be a, a a simple one is is if he had an odd compound or or even the wrong direction uh, tire on the rear uh, as well, if he had you know changed I, to a spare or something.
3: Absolutely, Ab- absolutely G- could been, Yeah,
0: yeah, strange one. I yeah. what's shocking to me is that I mean. OK, that was a violent cr- crash, but that was kind of a typical rally crash. But to have, at the very end of it, have his cage not suitable to race anymore, that's, um, that's curious.
3: That was, that. I have to say, I did, I did find that very, very odd. Um, I really did. I, I didn't really, I, I mean, it, because he obviously had a little touch on the roof on the way over, because there was a little <laughs> video of the car, maybe at the, stop, the stage stop line. Where you could see there was a tiny wee bit damage on the roof, but I'm just wondering what they now regard as the roll cage because the whole it's now you know like a buggy chassis with all the bits yeah. bolting on. Do they count an outrigger being bent as a bent roll cage because it's actually part mm. of the crash structure? I'll bet they do. At which point mm-hmm. I'm going to be outrageous again and say that needs to be looked at a little bit more seriously. The, the, yeah, you know, the, there's one thing to being risk averse with the FIA, and, and we all get the risk averse. But to be to be to, to refuse to take a, a, a risk management approach to these things to say actually that bend is okay, and and FIA I've I've had massive discussions with FIA stewards and and scrutineers in the past all very amicable, but they take, <laughs> they, they make they make one rule and then they apply it so rigidly and it's it's to, to be so they're seen to be what they consider fair, but actually it's it's not. It, it, it's an easy out for them, really. It, it is a, it's a cop out, and they shouldn't be doing yeah. the cop out. They should be, they should be, um, um, they should be doing a little bit better than that. They, they, you know, they're the FIA. They can make a tec- technical judgment. They can take input from a team. They can make a judgment, apply it, and that's it. Everybody will respect it, um, and 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 that's the end of it. But they don't just need to say, oh, there's a tiny wee dent in the front outrigger of your suspension. We're going to we're going yeah. to withdraw you from the rally, and I mean it, it may not have been that. So and I and I'm maybe giving them a sure. doing an injustice, and I don't want to be doing that. But yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway. Well, good. I'm glad you thought that was curious as well. But It, yeah, it, it gives the impression that the gives the impression that the cars are are delicate and can't handle you know a, a simple rollover. I mean, <laughs> most people outside of the rally world are not uh, used to seeing cars rolling over. But I mean. We've, we've all been there. Luke, have you rolled a car over before?
2: I have not, (laughs) Nate. No, and I I don't suspect his experience. I would enjoy too much. Um, (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh,
3: you need to come and do a rally with me, Luke, soon sort that out. I'm waiting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting to come over to Seattle so that I can learn to roll it properly.
0: Oh boy, you, we've actually... i am uninvited now. Touching wood, for uh, 12 years we've officially been open. We have never inverted a car or had a major accident that's caused an injury. Oh, that's, I feel that, that's, that is that's, impressive. I
1: feel
3: that's a challenge.
1: My dad, my dad managed to roll the mini um, doing around 35 miles an hour on the way to the hospital. So it can be done. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic.
1: Not with style and flair, which is what which is what we expect. Yeah. Um, th- there is a technical question that I wanted to ask about yeah. um, New Zealand's. We we saw the um, teams pick up um, hybrid penalties because of the, the the margins were higher than they should have been on. Yeah. The, and I know there's there's got to be obviously there's got to be a level, and if you use mm-hmm. it. Like talking about a speed limit. If the speed limit's ninety, you you stay yeah. below ninety. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're you're breaking the limit. Um, how I know, just looking at the tiny margins that yeah. that were penalised, you know, by Cali and uh, by the Hyundai team, wasn't it? And yes. and I, I just, how much do you need to to, to tinker with to actually? get an advantage from that? And how much was that just a technical slap on the wrist?
3: The, the FIA in, in the stewards' reports, Lisa, pointed out that really none of these margins were worth anything in, in terms of power or performance. They were just outside the limits that were set, which I didn't realise the teams had to ability. And automatic five seconds then? Uh, I, I'm not quite sure how they apply it. They, they, they obviously have set a precedent that, again, that they've just decided that that's what it's going to be. Um, It it doesn't necessarily need to have much particular rhyme or reason or logic, it's just there's a rule, we really want you to follow it, so I'm not quite sure whether it's just a five-second penalty in the first case and a ten-second penalty in the second and a thirty-second penalty in the third. Mm -hmm. It's there for for a reason to to make sure that nobody could take uh, much of an advantage. And it wouldn't need to be much in the way of power to make it uh, valuable, uh, ultimately. In, in certain circumstances, um, I think in a place like New Zealand, it, uh, given the the nature of the the road, and I mean, it's a lot more to do with the commitment and the skill and and the lines you're taking rather than the power. Because I don't think it was making a lot of, a lot of difference. Um, in that scenario, but there some rallies it could make a difference, I mean, you, you've just got to think of the, the Tour de France type uh, cycle riders who, who had a tiny little electric motor driving down the main upright tube, driving the crank, and it was giving something like four or five watts of, of, of energy, you know, that is like um, point point zero five of a horsepower, less than that, point zero 0.02 of a horsepower. Um, and and I, I hear yeah, what you're saying yeah, there, but it's a
1: massive difference when you're not having to put it in with your legs. Exactly.
3: <laughs> well, it means you get you get, it, you get it at the other end. So, so that's the concern, and that's why the rule exists. So, I don't think it's worth much. I was surprised actually. I don't know about you, Nate, but I was surprised to know that the the teams actually have the ability to. To exceed a certain amount, but then they, they have got their own programs and they can program it in. And they've obviously been given the latitude and the limits for certain. I think there's limits published for each section that they're allowed to use. I'm not quite sure exactly the complexities of that, but it clearly is not straightforward because we've got quite clever engineers um, and multiple engineers making uh, similar miscalculations. And it's, I mean, I'll bet you it's just literally arithmetic. That they're scribbling down a bit, of paper. Mm-hmm. they're making tiny wee mistakes with it, um, and and it's it's good to know that the FIA are monitoring it and and uh, applying a penalty in many ways. The penalty, you, you such a separate discussion, but it's good to know that the FIA have got a handle on it and and they're watching. It, I think for the most part, it does seem a bit yeah, unnecessary, it like... but it, it, is, it is important.
0: Yeah it's it's sort of the same thing like um like i can't remember who it was in uh rally 2 category who had a bumper that wasn't um, up to spec or, or correct yeah homologation spec and they lost i think first place in what was that sweden i think it was Something no it was
3: like it finland i think wasn't it finland finland, finland finland yeah, yeah was, uh, they got yeah, excluded yeah. they they were excluded for that yeah. i think
0: yeah yeah, well, yeah. massive penalty so yeah. massive penalty which oh. is i don't know if, <laughs> if i can't remember you know, whether the, it was lighter or heavier i think it, i think it was a little yeah. bit
3: lighter and and there's there's yeah. no there's no end to where that 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 goes you know a couple of kilos light or heavy um sure is always always and who seems knows what else was off on the car too yeah well, that's the thing <laughs> the, my, my, my personal record for for noticing or being told i've been told by an fia scrutineer that he'd excluded a car from San Remo many years ago, and it was a Fiat Uno Turbo. And I'm not sure mm. what it should weigh, but it weighed something like 680 kilograms. And he was just, the scrutineer was just laughing because they'd, they'd, found wow. it, they'd, they'd found this car. It hadn't been, because it was a low runner, they hadn't weighed it at the start. it had managed to miss the weighing at the start, but it had been weighed on, on the route, and they discovered it was it was literally <laughs> 240 kilograms underweight. How fabulous is that? What Quarters, had they taken out? God only knows. They probably had horribly illegal roll cages in it and you know half the safety stuff taken yeah. out. In San Remo Rally, you'd be running a bit of plastic under the sump guard because even the gravel stages were gorgeous in Tuscany. They were beautiful, smooth stages. And then your asphalt for the rest of it, so you don't need anything really at all. And you wouldn't be running anything. I, I've, I've no idea how you get a car 240 <laughs> kilograms underweight, but they had done it it's
1: somehow. Cardboard and cable ties.
3: I mean, yeah, cardboard exactly. would be paper too heavy. It would roof. need to have been yeah. paper, Lisa, more or less. <laughs> yeah. know? You know, I always remember people saying, you know, they're going to replace the steel wings under car with plastic wings for weight. And I said, have you never weighed a plastic wing or a fiberglass wing against a steel wing? Steel wing weighs yeah. a fraction of, of a plastic wing, you know. Just to, to get yeah. some integrity about it. So I have no idea, but that was that was my record of, of hearing about that. The other big, <laughs> the, there is one other big big couple of incidents that happened. Thierry Neuville had, uh, uh, basically, all, I, I I've lost count how many massive moments he had. Nearly off the road on the outside down a hill, massive, quite high speed spins, just getting away with it. Thierry had spin after spin, but he survived amazingly, Nate. What did you think of that?
0: I thought it was brilliant, and and not to, to pick on uh, Katsuda, but he had a bit of a, a very similar off. You saw Thierry do the same thing, but uh, and you hear um, co-driver calling power, 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 power as they go sliding off the road, and, and Thierry was absolutely committed on throttle and basically dug themselves out of the situation. So yeah,
3: it, it was pretty. It was, am- it was pretty amazing. It really, it really was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it shows you that. Uh, <laughs> yes. never give up mentality. Yeah, it still it's, works. It's, it's never
3: it's never the best when the co driver's telling the driver power, 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 power you think, well what's going on there? Well right. maybe again, maybe you know, wrong gear, the the yeah. the, the, the hybrid was exhausted and, and you know, he sure he, he was maybe trying for it and not getting anything. So yep, yep, yep. It's, it's sometimes difficult. To, you don't want to criticize anyone. And, and could then, have been fear from so, the co-driver? Could have been, could have been a bit, a bit of that. But co-drivers don't generally suffer from that. If if they, if they have no. that, it's kind of time to get out. Um, I think we we already went through um, Craig Breen's little incident in quite detail last week. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if you heard that one, Nate. But uh, I mean, basically, that that you you came out of a a, a medium right hander into an absolute left hander, just. Ten meters out of the out of the right hander, and then you had maybe I don't know seventy or eighty meters, fifty or sixty meters. You would be accelerating, but you had to be almost as when you came out of that little absolute left, you had to be braking. So I think it's slightly downhill, uh, but certainly mm-hmm. was very very slippery. And then you were into that sort of I would call it open ninety degree right, um, mm-hmm. uh, and C- Craig never went back on the throttle all the way all the way to the point he was. Basically off the road before really? he got back onto the throttle, yeah. And I, I watched it several yeah. times. And again, it's it's difficult to know because he was he was he was he was breaking uh, from too high too high a speed. He'd never been that was the first. So it was the second time he was over that stage, wasn't it? Yes, it was the it was the repeat run over that stage. Um, he was absolutely on the pace once again. He'd been pretty clean up to that point in the stage. He came on the brakes, and I think you could see that he knew that he was maybe going to be, but he, it wasn't. The car wasn't slowing down as much as he wanted. That was for sure. He got the car turned, mm-hmm. and he got it nosed towards the corner. But he never, he, he well, it would appear that he never pressed the throttle until he was basically off the road. That's audibly the message mm. that we got on the video. I'm prepared yeah, to, I'm prepared yeah. to assume almost that that wasn't right because. But he did he did just go off the road. it looked I mean the, the, visually again just from the in car, and I looked at all of them. yeah, it would appear that that um uh, he didn't he, you know he didn't hammer the power on to try and get around that corner. He, he didn't even start yeah. to push it around again, maybe he was just hoping that he would just sort of spin and stop at the edge and you know pick up some traction yeah. through the corner but um yeah. it was it was really unfortunate. Did you have a look at that one as well?
0: yeah for yeah. sure i that seems like a situation where they would have grabbed a little uh handbrake to help pivot and get out of that understeer situation, but it with mayb- that yeah
3: it maybe done cattle that maybe done that yeah
0: yeah, but with that cattle guard there, it didn't really allow for the car to to rotate completely in that situation either. so you know it yeah. was <laughs> it's a very narrow gate, so that may have not been yeah. an option yeah, uh, yeah. on the, on the it, entry.
3: It would have been a factor to not applying the power, certainly. But mm-hmm. I mean, again, it just mm-hmm. kind of looked like one of those situations when you looked at the other drivers later in the rally. Uh, Ott Tanak on on um, on Elf, on Elfin's corner, where Elfin basically did his damage. Elf I mean, Ott had almost the same moment, and he was just flat on the power and recovered right from the edge of the road. And uh, mm. and then one of the ones, one of Thierry's was a left-hander very very similar mm-hmm. again it just you know, obviously came in a bit quick hammered the power on it snapped out and he but he you know he was either far too quick or far too late with his line and he just hammered mm-hmm. the power and i mean the, the I mean the nose of the the car was down the bank more or less when it and it climbed itself back up it was remarkable yeah. remarkable uh, recovery Anybody wanting to yeah, spot yeah. that one, if you go to WRC uh, moments for for New Zealand Rally, you'll see what we're talking about. It was it was pretty impressive, uh, but, but Craig, I Craig he was somehow off too. <laughs> Craig somehow didn't seem to do that. But I think you're right. Maybe the maybe the cattle grid was a factor in there. That's impossible for us to uh, to 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 realize from here. Um, yeah, uh, but but an incredibly tough rally for him once again. But. I mean, again, I think it's just another one of these cases. Elfin, um, Craig, you know, they're both putting in the performances and the times. Sometimes you've got to wait for the rallies to come to you, and you know, mm-hmm. rallies don't really come to you like like you you might imagine they would. You've got to go and get them, but you can't go and get them every single every corner of every single stage. You pick and choose your places, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and do you and, think it? Sorry, go ahead.
0: Do you think at this point that they're just throwing caution to the wind and and going for it to see what their ultimate performance could be like? Because I mean, championship, it can't be considered at this point for for either of them. Absolutely.
3: Uh, Absolutely correct. Yeah. Absolutely correct.
0: So, in a sense, you're you're doing R&D for the team to see what your ultimate speed can be in a lot of ways.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, certainly a, from, from the it, team's point of view, certainly Craig showed that the car was as fast as anything out there. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that car. That, nothing wrong with it. It's very probably the best car out there, or as good as the best out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think the team needs to see that as well.
3: Uh, yep, yeah, there, there's that. And then Craig again the next uh, the next couple of days made plenty fastest times. So you know, <laughs> good, mm-hmm. good on them, good on them for that to go back out and and do that again, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, all all a bit, all a bit. Um, you know, I'm sure the the, the the team were were super disappointed to to slip off the road like that.
0: Um, sure,
3: but it's it's a, a place you've kind of got to go to. Um, yeah, you've kind of got to go to. And again, I looked at the I looked at the way the notes were being delivered in in that car against against. Um, uh Elf and Evans and the way the notes are being delivered were, were quite quite different I'm not quite sure I, I, I've not I've not analyzed that out I've not figured that out yet but I thought there was something there to look at on the way the notes were not not, not mm. when I say the note delivery and I, I'm not I'm not yeah, su- I'm not you suggesting... mentioned it
1: last week yeah you mentioned it last week you just thought there was a little too much detail a
3: little in bit too much, almost mm. almost sort of panicky delivery at times because there's so much to get out and I'm thinking to myself yeah. okay that's been delivered it's clear it's audible I heard it all but um i'm always looking for the personally looking for the note delivery uh to be to be indicating the pace change so you know uh, mm-hmm. so long fast left to long fast right um opens to opens to uh, absolute left over 100 unseen maybe and then you would go caution 50 mhm uh, mm-hmm. K right over crest, you know things like that, and it's that change in tone yeah. that tells you, oh yeah, I'm yeah. a long absolute left. I need to be ready. I mean, maybe you know you might have a breaking point in there, but if you've not if you're not putting breaking points in, and some people do, some don't. You, you you've got to have you've got to have a little leader in there. But if you've mm-hmm. got this massive stream of keeps and and outs and don'ts and and uh, other little nuances <laughs> that I honestly don't really understand, that there's quite a lot going in on in there. And I wonder if it's possible for the driver to assimilate it all. And all, all Craig was, all Craig. Ultimately, we can we can analyse out what he did through the moment, and that's actually really a little bit unfair. And we could do it in a pub, and, and he would, he would be looking yeah. at us saying, you know, you're treading on dangerous ground here, <laughs> chap. Well, he, he would take it on the chin, you know. But but. Yeah.
1: Um, Nate, do you, do you think the fact that um, Craig is going to have a new co-driver after Rally Spain will be a great way for him to reset?
0: Oh, I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe that off was an indicator that uh, that it was time to make a change. Um, who knows? But, um, yeah, uh, I think I, I, that...
1: I, I, yeah, I was going to say, and I should should flag up, this is a, a nice story, Luke, nicely written, um, <laughs> about the fact that Paul Nagel is going to retire after yeah. Rally Spain later this month. If, if you are listening and you haven't read the article, what have you been doing? You, you can read <laughs> yeah. and listen to this podcast at the same time. Go and scroll down (laughs) and see the mighty works from the pen of Luke Barry.
2: Right, exactly. Before we, can I just quickly add in there as well, before we throw back to Nate, what I find really interesting is you mentioned there, Nate, about that potentially sort of being a a corner of separation. There was a tweet from Nicky Grist in the week, who of course sat with Colin McRae when they went off on the same corner 20 years ago. And he basically made that point that obviously we know the decision isn't because... Paul and Craig went off on that corner, but he made light of it and said, well, maybe that corner is a, a partnership ender, because it ended him <laughs> and Colin, <laughs> and then Craig and Paul a few days yeah. after it was announced, they were going yeah. the separate ways. So I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But sorry, I, Nate, we we'll you, you Divorce
3: corner. I hasten to say, I can actually recall Colin's words to the, to the TV interviewer after he'd gone off on that. So the the TV interviewer had come up and said, you know, I think they they'd got to the stage or they'd got to the they'd they'd met them somewhere or maybe back in a a service area, but uh, basically, Colin, tell us what happened on the on Coast. Oh, you better ask the Welsh wizard. He might have a better yeah. idea. Yeah, <laughs> very scathing, a very very scathing uh, report. Such a good um, line. Um, yeah. So the, the the Welsh, as far as Colin was concerned, it was a obviously. It it his his comment was it was a bad note, and I'm quite sure that it wasn't a bad note. It might have been a a bad a badly written note you know in terms of bad relationship i think it, it was certainly a, it was certainly yes yeah, as, as, as Nikki said that relationship ended on that point but uh, yeah i don't think i don't yeah, think yeah. i don't think nicky actually made a mistake per se i, I really don't and I, i'm quite yeah. sure that paul nagel didn't make a mistake but again it's sometimes you know if you're writing too much information then it can be like that um mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah, and and the, the pressure to to be at that level um, at you know any age is, is a high one. But but the second you start to get mm-hmm. a little bit older, I don't know about you, George, but I'm getting up there in years, and uh, <laughs> your your risk and your time away from family starts to wear on you. Uh, and I think that that's probably the true factor on it. But it will be interesting to see how uh, a new relationship could potentially be a. Uh, it's always know, invigorating. it's always
3: it's always been a catalyst of invigoration absolutely categorically yep. it, sure. it, 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 it just naturally does so that, that's a positive yeah. for, from Craig's point of view but I also think yeah. and I'm going to say Let's, this this is an edgy uh, comment now this is an edgy comment Lisa uh, I'm
1: getting my razor blade ready to oh, cut you, it out yeah you do that
3: but, <laughs> but um, basically basically you know Craig needs to drive what he's got and he showed he could you know Uh I've I've heard comment that he's not been quite happy with the setup of the car and he would want some things different. I think actually there's your there's your there's your tools Get out there and use it to the max. Don't start to Don't. think that you want something else. Drive that 100% uh, and if you're doing 100% and you're 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 not making mistakes and you're getting the maximum out of the car, nobody's quicker than you in that car. Then you've got ground to do it, but difficult difficult at the moment to uh, what my point is just focus on doing the very best job with what you've got don't worry about anything don't kid yourself that you've not got what you need just convince yourself you have and you drive the clappers out of it he has the skill level he'll make it mm-hmm. go and he did he did in new zealand he made it go the right speed he just made a tiny wee mistake it's the tiniest wee mistake and you know, he it didn't even really damage the car much, for goodness sakes. It was it was a nothing. Very expensive. I just in want to give,
1: a, give Luke a, a, a bit of an in there. Luke, um Rally Japan, we will see um, Craig in that setup, in that car, but with um somebody else sitting beside him. What do you what do you think? What do you what are you expecting for Rally Japan? Oh, Which is awesome. And welcome back to the WLC.
2: Yeah, I think that's the main thing, isn't it? I think it, for the amount of years it's been promised to come, and we're finally getting to go there this year is fantastic. But it, kind of just off the back of what George and Nate have both said, I, I think it is. To me, it does feel like the right time for everyone involved for something new to happen. I think, as as Nate described, Paul is he has got two young children at home. It's you start to think the amount of time spent away becomes more arduous when you've got something to leave behind. And I think whenever you've got these thoughts in your head, you, you, it's just it is the right time to pull away. For Craig, I think everybody knows the season hasn't been what anybody expected. So the chance to refresh and sort of essentially hit the reset button for year two at M Sport is great. I think it is quite an interesting job for whoever does come in there because you can look at it both ways. It's either a fantastic opportunity because here's a driver that's in desperate need of. ...of just something. he Even he doesn't really know anymore what it is he, he needs to do. It's just everything seems to have spiralled a little bit out of his grasp. But the other way is it's a very pressured job because if this doesn't go right... ...it could be the end of Craig's career. And I don't want to be as final as that, but I think ultimately they are the stakes... ...if next year's again a bit disappointing. So it will be difficult. The names we're hearing like to the seat are those of perhaps... ...of certainly less experienced than Paul, which again is that the right or wrong thing nobody knows but it, it's certainly interesting but it, if he does do that and Craig does go for a less experienced co-driver he's basically going the opposite way to which his teammate Gus Greensmith did at this point last year when Chris Patterson stepped out they brought in Jonas Anderson but, but it's interesting we were promised it would be in a few days and a few days have passed so who knows what's going on there at this point Contract
0: yeah. negotiations, my yeah,
3: guess. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe that. Yeah, maybe that. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a key question for Craig. I mean, you know, look, you're absolutely right. You know, he's, he's got to get this right. And who would you put in? Someone experienced, someone young. Um,
1: I'm going to uh, I'm going to move us on from Craig hungry. George. I would
3: go hungry. Absolutely. Last last uh, technical incident. A uh, very short discussion. Gus Greensmith. Uh, uh, rarely have I seen an accident like that on a WRC event uh, with a driver. There you go. That's enough said. Nate, I'll let, you, I'll let you wrap one up a little bit tighter if you wish.
1: That sounds like a hospital pass to me.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I was pretty surprised at that one. Um, that, that was big and looked like it just kind of, I was hoping for some insight, honestly. Yeah, there, well, George, no, I, I okay.
3: He just understeered off, no power. That's I mean yeah. I, I, I that's absolutely what it, whether 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 he had no power at his foot, but he was he was going fantastically well. He was going really quickly. Mm-hmm. He carried looks like he carried a, a massive amount of extra speed in there. Pointed the nose in. It didn't even appear offline at the point he was doing that, and then it just he got no power. Maybe maybe there was an ignition cut. You know that's kind of what it looked like. I yeah. think I, I think yeah, he was he, actually going. Far too fast, but nobody else went over that stage, so we never got to see any other times. I, I couldn't yeah. get anyone else's times for that.
0: And it looked like there was a bridge abutment there, or some kind of culvert. Culvert. That was a, a culvert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he was trying to avoid, or mm-hmm. something, but yeah. or just stared at it simply. <laughs>
3: yeah, well, it could have could got, got a fright, got a fright with what he saw. I, I've no idea; D- yeah. difficult to tell. But um, it was a fairly substantial off. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. Just, just. I mean, it just. The, the, look, he was doing a really great job, and you know, had he, did he get a break in concentration? Because you know, you have to concentrate like heck to keep those speeds up. Um, I've, I've mm-hmm. no, I've no idea what happened, but it's just simple as I, I, I couldn't. I, I wanted to see the in car, but, but it's not, it, it's not available um, yeah. to, to, to analyze out exactly what had happened. But it just, it just yeah. comes into a corner and just literally, the car barely, barely starts to change attitude and he just understeers off I mean, the car was mm-hmm. never pointing the right way from you know f- i mean certainly from the start of the 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 corner i mean at the apex he was already pointing towards the ditch but i still think he had some time because it wasn't it wasn't a big corner it was just a wee bit sharper yeah. it was a wee bit shorter maybe than they thought you know in, in broad terms you might have been able to call that one a you know a, a an easy left plus or something like that, or a flat minus, you know, a flat flat caution or something like that. But but mm-hmm. quite clearly, it was just a little bit sharper. Maybe something stopped him tucking in. Maybe he saw something in the inside He thought, I'm not going to go in there. I'm yeah. going to catch a sump guard. It's going to lift the car and push me off to the outside. So he, he just lifted and he yeah. ended up in that no man's land and then he went over the... You know, he lost. He lost the cambered approach into the corner quite clearly, and then that was it. It was all over. Maybe even if he'd pressed yeah. the power at that point, I think it was too late because he seemed to carry an awful lot of extra speed that just took him straight off the road.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> the pub yeah. argument um, looks like he just kind of gave up. Yeah, I mean, if, if if we were
3: in the yeah. pub, so we'd been having that chat. Yeah. We've had that chat with Craig Breen. Yeah, we've had the chat <laughs> with Jonathan Evans. Yeah. And we'll, we'll come right, right, uh, right, Gus. We're going to talk about you. And I tell you what, Gus, you just yeah. go and buy a round and we'll not bother talking about it at all. That's the best <laughs> thing to do at this point.
0: So I mean, that, you did something young. up
1: quite nicely in about five seconds at the start. Yes. So maybe if you were drinking with Gus, that, that would probably be That enough. would have
0: been, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, am yeah. keeping
1: an eye on our time, though, because I yes. want to just Can move on. on. And I, want to stuff, say, I want to say I'm moving away from WRC, but I'm kind of not. There is, I don't know if you've noticed, there seems to be a real retro, oh, hang on, I can't use that phrase, it's rude, um, love in for the 70s at the moment uh, you know even mullets are back in fashion I mean for <laughs> no, goodness no,
3: sake no a mullet so our, wrong mullets were never in fashion
1: I tell you what was great in 1974 though uh, this is this is seamless Luke you're going to like this um, the Lake Superior Performance Rally LSPR is back and it did host the 1974 World Rally Championship event in the States uh, it's now headquartered in Marquette, Michigan yeah, what for the can record, we expect?
0: For the record, mullets never went out of style in Michigan. Oh, <laughs> oh that's, that's tragic.
3: That's tragic. Do, do you know what other? Give me another uh, uh, WRC rally that was in North America.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, that I, would have I generally to be, don't know. C- come on. That Nate, would have you to should, be the Olympus Rally.
3: That, yeah, that's one of them. I was, I was meaning so uh, about that same time, the, the mid seventies.
0: Press on, regardless.
3: No, I don't think it was. I think it was the Criterium de Quebec rally, which oh, was run okay. in snow, I believe, if I, if
1: I remember
2: isn't,
3: correctly. Isn't Quebec
1: in Canada, though? It is.
3: It is North America. Yeah. I said North America. Oh, well, yeah, yes. you fudged Geography it. again, okay, geography know. again. Of course I did. Motoring news questions. I'm sure our listeners all got Speaking that. It was unworthy. I'm unworthy of that. Sorry, guys.
1: Lookie, <laughs> anyway, lookie, Lucky, Lucky, you've been ahead. taking a look at um, the LSPR LSPR, no, give us you? the insights you're, you're looking forward desperate. to this Yeah, you're up for it
2: I, I do enjoy how everybody assumes I'm like the unequivocal voice of ARA whenever I come on these podcasts we shouldn't we should but not have are. that no we shouldn't have that <laughs> assumption at all but I think we've been there was actually Nate was on it was uh, me, Nate, Michelle, Mill, another great instructor at the school and Mason Runco, our our man on the ground did a bit of a preview to this already so if you haven't checked that it was kind of a review of the previous round as well but go find that but I think we, we can't keep bigging this one up enough and this it really is for all intents and purposes a winner takes all battle for a national championship which you couldn't you could not create a better blueprint a better script for the series finale and I guess the only sad thing is to me at least and I'll come to you Nate first but to me it does feel like this is kind of kends to lose but that doesn't mean he's going to win it form and favoritism before a rally means nothing but there are for me there's too many things in his favor for this to not go his way this weekend
0: yeah absolutely i mean it's also sort of a a swan song for the current regulations uh, as well as they they change starting next year for for the national championship so um the monsters that subaru has built the wrc car that that ken is bringing are not going to be around next year um at least on the national level (laughs) technically you could still run one regionally i believe (laughs) but uh so that's also an added added uh interest to this story um and you're right i think uh, ken has some really good momentum i think he's he's figured that car out really well and it sounds like they've they've worked really really hard uh he and alex have worked really hard to uh in their pre-event preparation and and um i think ken really 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 wants it um but that doesn't discount anyone else from wanting it as well
2: yeah i, I think the main reason i point to just for, for absolute clarity the main reason i point to things being in ken's favor is nate said the form book is Kind of with him. I think the crash for Brandon on STPR kind of knocked the window at sales a bit. But the key one for me is experience. In that Brandon has never been to this rally before. Ken's been eight times. He's won it three times, and he won it last year. So it's, it is. You could consider it a Ken block rally, I guess. But then we don't necessarily know how Brandon will go because there is no form to base it off. But he do, he doesn't have the set of pace, so he doesn't have a knowledge of the area. And it's small things, but. In a a battle as intense as this, all those little details can they can ultimately make the difference, can't they, George?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. I I think uh, it's all to do with comfort. I mean, this I presume, Nate, this is another high speed event with lovely big wide roads.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Not near, not as high speed as uh, STPR, but. But definitely good, great flowing roads and, oh, and um, very reminiscent of Scandinavian roads, in particular oh, Finland. Gorgeous, um, real different uh, surface, kind of a sandy yeah. base almost. Yeah, so I, it's. Um, I would really
3: want to see on this rally. I would want to see the Subarus really closely matching um, Ken's times. Otherwise, naturally enough, uh, the, the 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 criticism of of ken having a slightly better car starts to be leveled and that's a little bit (laughs) that's a little bit demeaning for him and it's 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 not great so i I really Mm -hmm. hope i really hope that we see that that gap narrowing if you like if not you know totally challenging him and racing him racing him into second place that would be good wouldn't it
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah luke um in terms of finishing where do they have to finish in in uh in order for the champion to take take the crown and can finish in
2: second this is the big question um and i'll (laughs) I'll be honest i've been trying to do some number crunching before this but every single scenario that i get to gets (laughs) a little bit more complicated each time because i've not spent enough time looking at it but as far as i can work out um obviously there's the power stage to factor in as well and that to be honest that could end up being the deciding factor um probably quite a good thing that the organisers added that in for this year. Exactly the same as WRC with, with five points for first on the on the selected Paris stage and one point for fifth fastest time. But that that's basically saved the season in the sense of the four points Brandon got from that Paris stage have kept him within a more realistic touchness of Ken Walk at the top of the table. Ken has the advantage in that he's, his maximum possible score is 149 points. Brandon can only get 147. But if Brandon beats... Ken, I believe that that's it. I think unless he doesn't score, I'm doing live maths while thinking and talking. This is dangerous, isn't it? But it's <laughs>
1: thrilling. This is exactly like following the power stage on on screen. In the olden days when, when there was no internet, George and I um, will remember this, that we used to follow it on teletext or I, I don't know what they would have called it in the States, but it was basically the text system that you had through your, your television. So you could see a score update, in your case, motorsport perhaps or or American football, but we'd watch football scores or rugby scores and you had to wait a minute for it to update and everybody would be staring at a screen that had writing on it, waiting to see if any of the numbers were going to change because you couldn't
2: watch the match you wanted
1: to watch. <laughs> and that's what this is like.
2: Yeah, Well I tell you, I, I'm, undersold it. What 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 I should have done in that instance? I think. <laughs> and to answer Nate's original question, I believe. And somebody, please, please tell me if I'm wrong with this. But I think if Ken comes second but wins the power stage, and Brandon wins the rally but only gets one point from the power stage, then Ken could still win the championship. I think. And that's a big I, I think it. on that. Um, but, but yeah from a bit of live maths and Lisa gave me some time to think which was very very good of her did so you thank notice? you I that did that, 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 I and, you, you you, and you disguised it with a brilliant and analytical point as well so that was fantastic yeah. thank you very much
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: yeah the, the long and short of it is it is essentially uh, whoever wins will win the championship so it's neither are going to be taking any chances um, it's going to be well I don't I mean the opposite I don't I mean they're going to be taking every chance they can, they can possibly get it's going to be flat out from stage one so I mean If you're not planning to watch it, change those plans now because this will be entertaining from start to finish.
1: I love the fact that um, you've sold this, Nate, as being a a beautiful rally to to compete in. And yet its tagline is the oldest, meanest, toughest rally on the circuit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, a little bit of that Northern Michigan bravado, I think. (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> uh but it, it was traditionally um a really rough event in that they call it press on regardless for a reason I mean that, that's that's all of us as rallyists know that's that's your mantra as you go into the woods but um it really was a, a and a really tough event to to get through and even survive and just keep on going keep on going and and so that that spirit is is carried on with the the modern iteration of LSPR i think
1: well that definitely sounds like a, a superb wrap up for the AR Champion National Championship series round 9 uh, we'll give you a full roundup of that on the next edition of Spin the Rally Pod if you're enjoying listening to the podcast Spin the Rally Pod make sure you subscribe through your chosen subscriber spotify uh and all the others and don't forget to Uh, Follow us on our socials as well, at Dirtfish Rally. That's the best way to get in touch. I've got one more thing on our list to talk about. Luke, the Velocity Invitational at Laguna Seca. Yeah, I want
3: to know about that. That sounds fantastic.
2: It is. Sell it. Sell it to us. Whoa, challenge. Okay, challenge accepted. Essentially, and I think the best way to put it, and again, Nate, were you at the event last year? Can I ask that first of all? Is there anything you know because I say I've I've watched it from afar I haven't been there but I was curious if anybody within the team has actually been there before
0: I have not but I am uh, excited to say that I will be there oh, yes fantastic yes. we're well, looking fantastic. forward to the support from exciting.
1: that one already
2: okay yes definitely Well, I say, I say, I say, a, I say,
1: a badge or a button <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: will do essentially the way I, I see it and the way it's kind of selling itself is it's kind of like for us in UK and Europe, and I guess around the world, we all know the Goodwood Festival of Speed. This is like America's version of that, essentially. Um, but it is, mm-hmm. it's is—it's an invitational, so that's it obviously named Velocity Invitational, but the exciting news from our perspective is we've got six of Steve Rimmer, our owner's, cars going, and Alistair and Max McRae will be driving them. So we're not messing sure. about. <laughs> this is this is proper stuff, but it's essentially like a, a cathedral of celebrating in a festival of cars. Like, there's so many different race rally cars and some of the ones that steve are bringing along nate you might have a, a sort of more up-to-date itinerary a lot than me but i, I know he's bringing the the old 37 along and i believe that the pike's peak fiesta that that Grunholm drove as well so it's a bit of everything <laughs> within these cars that are going um but it's just a great chance and as a, anybody that has been to goodwood knows how it works it's just a great chance for like-minded individuals to share their passion and, and see things they maybe have only seen on videos or the tv or in magazines but not actually seen and, and heard and experienced in real life so it's just a celebration of all things that are great in in motorsport and particularly american motorsport i guess does that work as an advert is that does that wet your appetite
1: that, that <laughs> definitely makes me want to go and and i'm guessing anyone else who's listening at the minute has just started googling and you can go to velocityinvitational.com and and be wooed a little bit more so, what what are you do? Are you going as, as kind of head honcho, handshaking, pressing the flesh, driving? Late, surely, to or are you God. are you actually going to let you let you get behind the wheel of a car as well?
2: Well,
0: I am bringing my gear. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. <gasps> um, yes, if, if there opportunity presents itself and I happen to be wearing a helmet, then absolutely I'll jump in. But, you're going uh, to wear your but, race
3: suit all day, carry your helmet, and hope that someone <laughs> says just jump in, <laughs> jump in
0: here, Nate. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. wait for yeah, some
1: fool to leave the driver's seat empty jump right, in.
0: exactly even if it's just the garbage truck but I'll take I'll take whatever I can <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah very very excited um I mean to to just hang out with uh with Alistair and Max will be an absolute pleasure I uh, haven't met Max yet but Alistair's uh, just a brilliant character Something about Scottish folk that are they're really easy to get along with. I don't know. Mm. Um, we'll <laughs> but, take that uh, just to hang we'll out with them. those guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured you'd like that. <laughs> uh, I've had so, some quite good experiences with with
3: uh, with Alistair actually. Getting getting him out of all sorts of trouble, like exclusion and things <laughs> like that. He's, he he re, he represents one of my one of my more unlikely triumphs. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> amazingly. We had them in the stewards meeting. They can't be recorded. No, well, it, well, I was going to say, no, that he's done yes, his little teasy thing yes, there. It's like, yes, yeah. it can. It can and? be discussed. It can. Well, we, we, we got invited to the stewards meeting and then they said, can the drivers come along? Oh, God, because they were drunk. <laughs> oh, dear. So I, I briefed them all so carefully. I said, Alistair, just go in here and just listen. And when they ask you something, just say yes or no, or just say, yeah, just... Uh, what george says and uh he, he he we went in and um and everything went very well and he did just exactly do exactly that and he came out and he was a bit gobsmacked by he said you'll never get away with that he said but that was brilliant i loved that I'd never seen that book done before and uh um i mean it's actually legitimate there's nothing illegitimate about this about this appeal and and discussion and uh we went back in and, and they wanted to ask a few more questions and were making their judgement and then Alistair just decided to, to have a go and he thought this was great, he would do the same Oh no, oh no We got away with it, but it was fun <laughs> desperately trying to, Alistair, shut up! <laughs> well,
1: well that's too vague So yeah. we have got a little few more seconds here, George and before oh. we started recording no, we were can't, discussing can't, the can't. fact that you're going halfway across Europe yes, um, in a helicopter yes. and that you are Planning the route because you're yes. effectively co driver yes. for a helicopter because yes. it's being delivered, which, it I is. mean, brilliant. I didn't know you actually had a pilot's license. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I do. I, I have, have heard a couple of your brilliant, brilliant, um, <laughs> yeah. um, brilliant and terrifying flight plane stories. Um, yeah. Have you got one that we can entertain Nate with that you yeah. haven't told me before? An, an airplane one that I've not told you about. Um, yeah.
3: Uh, no, no. I'd probably have to, I must. I must have shared them all with you oh. by now, Lisa. I must have done. But what well, I what I'm about pick to pick your do? favourite. What my favourite, and none, these are all horrible near accidents. I mean, none, I of, them are, none of them are favourite <laughs> helicopter ones. Helico- there's been there's been uh, two, is it two helicopter ones or three? I think it's two helicopter ones. So uh, Kenya, Nate. Um, uh, I'd been I'd been doing spotter all day on a on a high speed test, and we'd landed on a ridge. Uh, about f- what year? F- uh, must have been um 1994. Yeah,
1: 1993.
3: So 94. helicopters had
1: only just been invented. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, um, no.
3: No, no. They, they were, they were still at, they were still at the uh, Galileo design stage. Yeah, that was it. Anyhow, we, 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 we were, we were flying this airplane to Wilson Airport. But that was the last day of the test, and the team were going back, and we were going to pack the air freight, and all the radios and everything were taken out of the helicopter. And left with the service crew who we were driving the 80 or 90 kilometres back up to Nairobi. And we were taken off and um, uh, just driving back to Wilson Airport to, to park the airplane, you know, to give it back, basically. And So we, we started up there. we have been flying in this aircraft all day, but we were on a ridge. It was very, very high up. Um, we're probably about 6,000 feet. So, you know, the, it, it's a wee bit breathless at that height. It was a long ranger, a jet ranger, a long ranger with a nice, powerful engine, so it was pretty good we were quite light but we had a lot of we had a lot of fuel in the in the service crew so we topped the tanks right off just to get rid of the fuel because it it, it, would, it would have gone out of date before we'd used it again and we just wanted to use it up so we gave it effectively gave it to the the, um, the helicopter very generous of us um, and we started up the helicopter and we're just about taking off and uh, chatting to the pilot as you would and everything was okay. And he just started to load the disc up when we, we saw the service crew waving to us uh, a little bit frantically. And uh, and I said to the pilot, I said, oh, they must, want to, they must still want something for us. And, and then they started to give us, the, you know, the old crossed arm signs. There's a problem. And <laughs> two or three of them picked up fire extinguishers. So uh, so oh. the, so the, the uh, so I said, there's something wrong here. And we looked at the instruments. Everything was okay. I mean, I, I was watching the instruments too that all the temperatures were fine. So he just he just cut, he cut the fuel at quite high speed. Just cut the fuel, and uh, uh, then we started to see smoke billowing around. Um, so uh, I popped I popped the door open, and I was I was uh, what was that? I was on I was on the left hand side. So the aircraft was facing south. The service crew were off to the left. So I was looking at them. The pilot was on the right hand side. I popped the door open and looked out, and as I looked out the back, there was a. Uh, So this this was literally two or three seconds after the the fuel had been cut, I'd I'd popped the door to look out the back and there was a flame maybe 30 metres long (gasps) and and black, but but as I watched it, it diminished and became a big plume of smoke. But apparently, as as we'd just started to load up the disc, a seal had failed and uh, it had pushed oil into the engine and there was this 70, 80 (sighs) metre... spike of flame looking like some sort of rocket out the back of the helicopter um oh my God. But, but but I mean it was it was actually a main seal for the engine or the gearbox I'm, I'm not sure what it was but basically you've not got huge oil capacity in those engines um you've got you know if it's if it was a gearbox I don't know how long you've got 20 30 seconds but the point being was if we'd taken off what you did was you you, you lifted we'd done it two or three times from that point you lifted off and we were a little bit lighter than we had been even though we had full fuel on board because there was only two of us in it and there was usually four of us in it but you you, you took off you, you you hovered in ground effect maybe up to six or seven feet and you literally just uh, slid the aircraft over the side, still pointing into the wind, and you just dipped down over this gully, and it was just a Badlands gorge down for about you know, wow. 1,500, 2,000 feet. There was nowhere, and then Scrubland, there was nowhere to land for you know five or six miles. You'd have had to climb back up to the top of that ridge to find anywhere oh, suitable wow. to land. So if we'd gone for it, that was going to be it, wasn't it? I mean, there was not much doubt about what was going to happen there. I mean, it possibly wow. survivable, but possibly not, so that was that was
0: quite well a you did anyway. have j- jet power to help you back up the hill
3: well we wouldn't have done <laughs> we, we wouldn't have done we'd have had we, we, we had about 350 litres of fuel that if it had gone up would certainly have propelled us some way <laughs> uh, but, um, but anyway i ended up i ended up going back up to uh, going back up to nairobi in a in an man truck in the center seat of an man truck because that's all the room less glamorous we left the pilot oh, with wow. the helicopter whilst the crew came down to try and fix it but i think the helicopter sat there for a couple of days waiting on parts
1: so wow um, yeah. That was a good one. I haven't heard that one before. I haven't heard
3: that one before. That was that was that was that was a mild one because wow. it never happened. We never got off the ground. Yeah, it was okay. The other ones are to much, be honest, George. Uh, much
1: scarier. Yeah, but you, you have walked away from them. You, you've done that old adage of any landings a good landing. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, any I, landing my, you walk away with yeah. is a great landing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: My, my 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 moments and, and, and stories are nothing compared to Nini Russo, who was the team manager and before that had been the team coordinator at, uh, at Lancia team, Nini yeah. Russo, a legend of a man. And he was in, I think he was in four mm-hmm. or five proper helicopter accidents. I saw the aftermath of two, <laughs> I saw one happening and I saw the aftermath of another one. Oh geez. And everyone walked away on every occasion. And on, on, on the, I'm not the, sure they, I'd want to
1: get into a helicopter if he was getting in it. Wow! I I mean, well, I mean, he, wasn't,
3: he wasn't flying it; it was pilots that yeah. were flying
1: it. I mean, the, the, I think they, I'd be one and oh, yeah, done. Common, yeah. common factor there, though, he isn't was, there? Really? Was,
3: they ran it the one. The one I saw the aftermath of was in San Remo, where they flew into cables <laughs> <laughs> coming into land, no. the, the pilot didn't see the cables, and they got tangled up just as they came into land. Helicopter was oh. on its side, smashed to pieces. It was just—it was just bits lying around. Um, and nobody, nobody was hurt from that. It was lying on its side, and they were in it as it was lying on its side, beating itself to death. The other one, um, <laughs> it, they, I, I watched it happening. jeez. Oh, I, I watched it going down. I didn't see it actually hit the ground, but I watched it going down. Um, I, I, and it just, it was coming in in a controlled fashion, maybe a little bit quick, and uh, there was a massive line of poplar trees, uh, li- lines of poplar trees used as windbreaks up there in the high country in Kenya, and um, it would appear that they just got caught in their own uh, I think they just got caught in their own downdraft you know their own rotor wash I forget what you I forget what you call that uh, there's a name for it in a helicopter mm-hmm. and they bas- mm-hmm. b- basically got caught in that and just came in very very quickly and it dipped and it tipped I think he managed to get it upright. he almost managed to recover it but uh, the helicopter was taken away on the back of a truck in quite a lot of pieces and Nini again Nini walked away from that with a wee cut on his head but he was absolutely wow. fine.
1: George I mean, is that, one of these, which is why whenever yeah. anybody gets a chance to sit down and have a lovely meal in a beautiful part of the world That's and a couple of drinks or two, George will entertain you in ways that he's nearly died. And, and most of them are very entertaining. I mean, a lot, there, a lot of the rally stories have
3: nothing to do them. with death, and they're, they're even better. I mean, some of, the, some of the stories, come on, I've shared a few. I've shared a few over the years, but there's, there's heaps more. <laughs> People
1: say I should write to
3: book, but I think I've told half the story. I think already, you really so should he write would, a book. It would be
1: wasted. It doesn't matter. It would be wasted. Doesn't matter. No, we haven't. We haven't documented them all here, George. So yeah. I think you'll still get some sales. Problem is typing for me <laughs> is too much like hard work.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. George, I'll I'll, I'll go straight them. Go straight for me. I will, and that that and that means we have to have several lunches to talk about it all. So I'm very much oh, on board with that me, plan. That
3: would be brilliant. What we, what we need is one, one of those what they call them that when they give you the money before you write the book. We need a um, <laughs> yes,
1: but you've got to get you've got to get a taster first yeah, before then, getting your your um and then we, your pre pre book well, deal. Your have done the tasters contract. on these
3: podcasts, haven't
1: we? Over yeah. the years, there's more, there's more. George Donaldson, former motorsport team boss, Dirtfish senior... No, you're not. I'm, I'm just promoting you again, Luke. Dirtfish deputy editor, <laughs> Luke Barry, and Nate Tennis, chief instructor at Dirtfish. Thank you so much for a brilliant, brilliant episode of Spin the Rally Court.
0: Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.